When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Love Target? Well, you're about to love it even more. With Target's red card debit card, you'll save 5% every Target trip on top of everyday low prices in-store and online. Debit red card links from your existing bank account. Visit Target.com slash red card to get all the details. Restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, Talk Tuners. Lately, I've been making some positive changes in my life, but it definitely wasn't easy, nor did it happen overnight. With the help of talk therapy, I've been able to grow and unlearn behaviors and beliefs that were causing me to feel stuck. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. And special offer to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash Steph and Steph. That's better H E L P dot com slash Steph and Steph. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. What's up, Talk Tuners? Welcome to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. This is Stephanie Pena. Hi, Talk Tuners. I'm Stephanie Myers. Hey, y'all. So glad that you came back. We have a good show lined up for today. Very excited because it's a very special person. So let's go ahead and uh, talk about the show that you recently saw at Hollywood Cemetery. Stephanie, tell me more about this. Yeah, um, we'd love to chat about a show I saw here in L.A. at the Hollywood Cemetery. I got the chance to see uh, Father John Misty, who is a pretty fun figure to go see. You know, people who I guess don't know him at all might not know that that's his stage name, um, but hopefully they would. Not like it's yeah, this priest yeah. out here doing this. Um, right. And at a cemetery. No, no. And at a cemetery, exactly. Uh, uh, real name Josh Tillman had kind of this, I believe it was Awakening in the Forest, where he's like, my stage name needs to be Father John Misty. That's um, cool. So that's where that came from. He's actually, despite that name, like pretty funny. He himself has said, I describe myself to cab drivers as a sarcastic Michael Buble, which I think is great. And actually, 
perfect. So yeah, but with a you know with a name like that, with an image like that, you'd think, oh, this is going to be a really chill show. Yeah. Uh, but you kind of forget also, and I until I was kind of in the middle of the show, be like, oh, but this guy, like he can rock, and he really he brought mm -hmm. it. It was freaking great. It was uh it was great. He played various things from various albums. Uh, he really, dis despite describing himself as this uh, sarcastic Michael Bublé, he runs the gamut, actually, and plays stuff that's from, uh, you know, hard rock to his chill current album. Mm -hmm. But he's a lot of fun. And I think it takes skill to cross those genres and make it a really good show. So I uh, had a really good time with that. And then I was just going to talk a little about the venue for a second, since I know on this yeah. show stuff, we love talking about the history of music venues. And so for mm -hmm. folks who are not in LA, who just might be wondering, like, what's Hollywood Forever Cemetery? It's It regularly hosts movies and concerts, and its history is really interesting. It was established in 1899, but mm. by the 80s, yeah, 1980s, it had fallen into disrepair. There was a really crooked owner. And so it was like, you know, people's remains and headstones had all fallen into disrepair. Wow. And yeah. And then there was a 1994 Northridge earthquake. It damaged several crypts. Um, and then when the owner died in 1998, it was like, okay, there's all these financial and physical problems here in the cemetery. So in that year, uh, the brothers Tyler and Brent Cassidy brought the, bought the property. They poured mm -hmm. millions into renovations, began hosting events and tours. Its renaissance kicked into high gear when the movie nights debuted in 2002. Nice. And so they really, uh, it helped them have this stream of revenue, right? Yeah. For this space that was in disrepair. It's now been added to the National Register of Historic Places. Mm. But it really, these events allow it to be, uh, have its own upkeep again, have proper upkeep. And uh, just so folks understand, too, like for the record, these events kind of take place in the very back of the cemetery, which mm -hmm. is technically part of the uh, Paramount Studios lot. Oh, OK. It's, um, uh, movies are projected there. They put uh, stages there. It's a really cool space to see a show. And it just felt very um, fitting to see Father John Misty there, <laughs> especially when he sang, please don't die in the middle of a cemetery. There you go. It was so yeah. great. Sometimes the jokes just write themselves, right? That is awesome. So, yeah. So check that out and definitely go see a show if you're around. And uh, Steph, I'd love to see one with you there because I think you would love that space. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm all about the cemetery, man. I love cemeteries for all talk tuners who don't know. I really love the history. Um, I think it's beautiful to go celebrate life of your loved one. Um, out in cemetery. So um, I can go on about that. But yeah, Stephanie, we definitely need to check this out. Um, I'm really uh, amazed that I've been to LA a million times and I've never seen a show there. So let's make that happen. Um, all right. So for today, Talk Tuners, uh, we kind of gave you little teasers here. We're very excited. We're talking about a song that was originally released in 1988 that encapsulates the sound of new wave, dark wave, and synth pop all into one. I have not met one person who is into this scene who doesn't absolutely light up with excitement when you talk about this jam. I know back in the day at my essay goth clubs, Sin 13 and The Sanctuary 
would be the dance floor would be crowded when this song came on. What am I talking about, y'all? It's Q Lazarus and her phenomenal song, Goodbye Horses. this song so much oh my dancing anyway all right so who's q her birth name is diane lucky she lived a very low-key life and you couldn't find anything about her on the internet for a long time y'all a very long time i just learned that she lived in staten island and was known to be a bus driver i think um it added to my fascination with her work and persona because you couldn't find anything about her super goth right (laughs) like I, i am dark and lovely and you know mystical and i'm just gonna you know not uh not be in the limelight that's that's pretty dope but anyway underground forever but um folks she recently passed so there are bits and pieces of her life that have been shared and stephanie i know you did a really great job about uh putting this all together so let's go ahead and get into it yeah to your point stephanie she just lived this kind of mysterious life which i feel like is kind of hard to do nowadays with all the mediums and all the social channels everything that's out there so even um her passing i believe was recorded um about a month after she passed 
just able to, yeah, just be very off the grid. But um, yeah, she performed under the name Hugh Lazarus. Her backup band was fittingly called The Resurrection. So I thought that was pretty great. And uh, yeah, she passed at only 61. And the obituary just read uh, after a short illness. So there's some things we still don't know what happened with her. She has kind of this mystery surrounding her. But I think there's always been a sense of intrigue because even at her passing, there was a documentary coming Mm. about her. And that's still in the works um, after her passing. Yeah, I think that's great. And I hope we can honor her. Her good friend, uh, Ava Argidas, was working on this documentary and she'd spoken to Rolling Stone uh, after Lazarus' death. And she said, Q had one of these life forces that you simply can't imagine being extinguished or ceasing to exist because it was so vital and radiant and exuberant. Despite having had a very hard life, she was not jaded at all. On the contrary, she was filled full of enthusiasm, passion, and humor. She was also full of plans. At the time of her death, we were planning a comeback concert with some of her original bandmates. Oh my gosh. So it just, right? Uh, it just makes wow. it just all this double mystery and just really sad that yeah. she was taken away. Yeah, at this time where she was planning this comeback. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, this coming back to music in this way was her plan. Um, her friend who did speak to Rolling Stone uh, said, actually, she had met Q when she was employing her car service. And then they ah. began, yeah, collaborating on a documentary about her life. It's going to come out next year. It says that she gave her a huge sack of cassette tapes. Recorded. <laughs> yeah. Like old school, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It said recorded in the 80s and 90s. And they were songs that had never been released before and planned to be released in a film. Um, and on the soundtrack to the film. And uh, her friend Eva also said, Q had spent the last 20 plus years driving cars and buses and couldn't wait to return to making music. So Mm. she was just at this juncture where she was like, I'm ready to come back. Um, Unfortunately, yeah, she didn't make it. And yeah, just here to honor her. She's got some surviving family, her husband, son and daughter, other family members. I know everybody's said about this. So we really do want to just honor today yeah absolutely oh my gosh that's wild I can you know the the research that I did um as far as when you know she was at her prime we'll just say that um she did some touring in the UK but then just completely fell off the grid in New York she was doing some DJing and that's what I read about her so I mean to see her actually perform her concert with her band how fucking cool would have that been wow Yeah, I would that's, have loved to have seen it. That's insane. And, and this song is the only one I know too, Stephanie. So, I mean, I know that you like some deep cuts. Like, and I feel like Goodbye Horses is a deep cut. And I <laughs> I just, that's it's wild. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, I feel like there's not a lot out there to even uh, stream of her music. So yeah. the fact that Goodbye Horses even got the reception it did is pretty amazing. I'd gone back and kind of, I think my favorite song of hers is White Lines. Nice. Uh, which is really cool. She has a really, it was a very Grace Slick quality to her mm-hmm. voice and delivery. And so it just made me think, you know, she probably didn't get her due during her life. Is just kind of a timeless talent who had yeah. these clear, deep influences across different genres, right? Going back to Grace Slick, that's Jefferson Airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of incredible to listen to. and. 
the voice has a definite haunting quality. Mm -hmm. uh, definite worth your time. If you go to YouTube, fans had done many of kind of their own restorations and remixes of various right. songs of hers, trying to uh, remaster them and to bring her vocals into a place where people could really appreciate them. So, you know, again, that air of mystery, but I just really hope she gets her due uh, posthumously. Yeah, I hope that they put more on Spotify. I tend to go to Spotify for um, for music, for streaming. And I look up Q Lazarus all the time and all I get is Goodbye Horses. Um, there are some demos as well of the song that I haven't listened to, but um, definitely will. So I love it. Um, white Lines. All right, I have to find it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to totally. find it. Yeah. That, that's, that's awesome. I can't wait for um, all of the documentary and all this to, you know, to come into fruition and be shared with us. That's, that's really special. But, uh, but yeah, guys, so as far as Goodbye Horses, you know, you heard the song earlier, you know that you've heard this song in, in films. And I'll just say one in particular, definitely was Silence of the Lambs. And uh, Stephanie, you have some background on that. Yeah, yeah. So interesting with Silence of the Lambs. She really began her music career in the 80s. And at that point, she wasn't able to get a record deal due to racist reactions by record industry scouts who objected to her dreadlocks. I mean, so it gross. said as much. It was really fucked up. And as we so talked gross. about in previous episodes, uh, MTV was not playing black artists for nope. quite a while. And they were vocal about it. And it was very wrong side of history. So, you know, it was that level of yeah. over discrimination. So she wasn't really getting the kind of press that you think she would get somebody in her talent. But all this kind of changed for her a little bit in the mid 80s when she picked up the director, Jonathan Dim, in her cab and uh, played him her song Candle Goes Away. That was really cool. Really cool story. Yeah, let me add to that, y'all. So from research that I did, supposedly it was in 1985 when they met. She picked up Dem and producer Arthur Baker um, during a blizzard. And this is in New York City. Um, I don't want to be driving in a blizzard. Oh, my gosh. Ew. Okay. <laughs> Talk about dedication. Man. All right. Um, and supposedly the two had just finished doing the final remix on Little Steven's music video uh, for a song, Sun City super cool. Like the stars were aligning, like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know, setting the tone. I've read that and it just made me smile. I'm like, oh, the universe is great. Yeah. So she dropped off Baker first and supposedly uh, Q asked him if he was in the music business. And then she proceeded to play her demo tape, which included uh, a demo of Goodbye Horses. And as Stephanie mentioned as well, Candle Goes Away. After listening to the tape, Dem was super impressed and he's quoted himself as saying, oh my God, what is this and who are you? And that's where the magic happened. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So Dem actually went on to use Lucky's music in several of his films, including The Candle Goes Away in 1986's Something Wild, Goodbye Horses in 1988's Married to the Mob, and a cover of The Talking Heads Heaven in 1993's Philadelphia, which featured appearance from Lucky herself. I have to go see that again. Okay, I have to see that. Goodbye Horses would be used prominently, as we mentioned before, and I'm sure everybody here just remembers it from the epic 1991, The Silence of the Lambs. And when that hit, that drew newfound attention to Lucky. And remember, y'all, 
she had, you know, like I just mentioned earlier, she was touring the UK, doing some DJ gigs in New York City. She got some attention, but where could you find her? Nowhere. She was living her life. She was not in the limelight. So, yeah. So, Silence of the Lambs. Let's kick this off. This is good. Good talk. Good talk. Yeah. So, yeah. So, she got this visibility with Silence of the Lambs, and that kind of propelled her into a space where she hadn't been before. And Stephanie, I know you have a special connection to <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Makes this all kind of come together. But all the music, I got to say, used within the movie is great, whether or not yeah. it appeared on the score soundtrack or elsewhere. We're going to talk a little bit about that music. But they really just placed everything scene per scene so well. And some of these songs still resonate to where it's like, I can only think of that song. Um, and mm -hmm. that scene when I hear mm -hmm. these specific songs, but I feel like, yeah, that song to this day, Goodbye Horses sometimes just gets uh, overlooked, but it's so great and was so prominent, right? In the movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's expand on that. I love Silence of the Lambs, y'all. If y'all have listening to us for a while, you know that I'm into the horror, I'm into the goth. It's just who I am. And uh, I want to add that this movie was released on Valentine's Day, 1991. How romantic is that? Oh my gosh. Um, this, <laughs> and, and I'm, and I'm joking y'all. I'm not that dark anyway, but um, this film just started my fascination. It continued it. Cause I was young. I was 10 years old when this movie came out. Okay. I was already watching my Freddie, Jason, Michael Myers, all that. But this just did a whole new twist for me because this is horror with excellent acting. This you know, this uh, movie won so many awards. Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster dated blind, mind-blowing performances. Super mind-blowing. So um, this really just took a turn for me. And, um, you know, as far as this movie and this song, <laughs> it was the first time for a lot of things for me. So let me just break it down. Okay, guys, this is a first. So I'm 10. Of course, this is the first time I ever heard this song. It was the first time I ate Pizza Hut pan pizza. Don't even, I don't even know why I remember this, but I do. I remember the delivery dude coming to the door. We had to pause the video and it was the scene where um, Hannibal Lecter gets out and he crucifies the, the medical staff. Oh yeah. And I, I opened up the pizza box and I'm like, oh, look, there's fake guts on the screen. Now I'm going to eat this pizza. Cool. It was good. No worries. Um, and then, and it also gave me an intro into not trusting people who drive white vans. It was my intro into serial killers, right? You don't trust folks who drive in white vans. Buffalo Bill is the, is one of the characters, um, here he's a murderer, mass murderer. Um, Goodbye Horses is filmed in this iconic scene when he is putting on his makeup and he's doing a very low key drag show for himself. Okay, y'all, there's, there's, there's not an audience. Homie is doing all this for himself in the song. Ding, 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 ding. And the way it goes off, you're just like, okay. You know, like it, it sounds romantic, right? When you hear goodbye horses. And you have Buffalo Bill there and he's putting on his lipstick. He's perching his lips and you're like, what is this, right? What is this? This is nuts beautiful. It was a beautiful connection. And man, was I just even more hooked into this genre. And then on that note, you know, Steph, you know, you, you mentioned just the soundtrack in general, 
This is the first time I heard Tom Petty's American Girl. You know that scene. Yeah. You know that scene. You know, unfortunately, you know, there's this woman driving, you know, and, 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 you know, she's going to get abducted. And here's this amazing, fun song that I absolutely love. Still one of my favorites. Y'all, we have a great episode on Tom Petty in season one. Check it out. Me and Steph have some special memories with him. And yeah, so it's just like, it, it was just, it, it was great. It was just so good for me. But let's talk about like after the years and just its legacy and how it just keeps building. So y'all, um, you know, when I, when I was growing up, obviously I was 10 and I'd watch it, you know, watch that movie again and again. I would play this scene, but I would close my eyes and or really try and tune out Buffalo Bill because I like the song. And, and, you know, and to most people, you know, maybe today's the day that you know that this is Q Lazarus. It's not the Buffalo Bill song. No, it's not, you know, and that just pisses me off because she's such a great artist. This is Q Lazarus. So screw that scene, even though it's amazing. Let's, you know, let's give her her props, you know? (laughs) So anyway, and I was hitting my twenties going into the goth clubs, and I started hearing in its entirety. Right. So I'm like, wow, this is amazing because I've only heard this little snippet and this is just showing how old I am. I don't care. So Google, (laughs) Google was starting to become a thing in my early twenties um, for the masses. And so, um, I was doing some internet searching and like I mentioned earlier, you couldn't find Jack y'all. Like you could not after page after page, I finally found the name of the artist, the name of the song. And supposedly it was only published and released on the, uh, married to the mob soundtrack. Okay. Y'all I haven't even seen that movie, but I went out and bought that soundtrack because I needed that CD. I'm like, yes. And so, so this cool. is, and you have to remember, <laughs> again, Spotify wasn't a thing. So I couldn't just go on Spotify once I found my information on Google and streamed it. So I went out and bought the CD. But I will say on the fact of just, you know, having that, there were some really good artists on it, like Chris Isaac, and it actually um, introduced me to Sinead O'Connor's other work, other than Nothing Compares to You. Um, there's Jump in the River, which is a really good song as well. And man, I can't even tell you that how happy I was. Little young gothy metal, Tahana Stephanie, so happy that she had goodbye horses in her hand. And Steph, I will definitely say this. Um, when we first met and we started learning about each other's likes, I liked you even more because you knew what the song was. You know, there are far and few between folks that I can say, Hey, do you like Hugh Lazarus? And they don't look at me like I'm crazy, you know, um, her name, right? Yeah, exactly. Again, the Buffalo Bill song, stop. (laughs) Just stop. (laughs) It's definitely iconic. I'm not giving away. I love it in that way, but I also appreciate her as the artist is what I'm going is what I'm trying to convey here is what my point so, um, you know, and so it's just, uh, and goodbye horses, such a fun song. Um, there's definitely folks maybe listen to it and be like, what does this song mean? And stuff. you did some research on that. So please educate us. Yeah. Just like her life. This song is a little bit of a mystery, right? When you're listening to yes. it, you're like, huh, what's going on here? So we did a little research, uh, found on songmeetings.com, just talking about 
the chorus of the song. And it's apparently a reference to the Hindu text uh, Bhagavad Gita. Uh, and that is in which the five horses that pull Krishna and Pandava, Prince or Arjuna's, Arjuna's sorry, chariot, are symbols of the five senses. And these five senses keep us tied to the physical and material plane of existence. So apparently when you transcend the limitations of these senses and achieve a higher level of consciousness, you are leaving the quote unquote horses behind and apparently quote flying over them. So yeah, so this song was meant to be apparently it's about someone who was so affected by um, something they were grieving, whether that was Mm -hmm. a loss. Um, or breakup that they decide to give up the things that keep them tied to this world by emotion. So it had mm-hmm. really this deep meaning that I think was probably hard for most people, um, you know, just casual <laughs> listeners, right, of music to yeah. even understand what she was going for. But it was it was at that level. So again, just encouraging folks to go check this out. Uh, it will be worth your time. Yeah, for sure. No, thanks for that. That is super deep. And, you know, and if folks, you haven't watched Science of the Lambs, you don't know what we're talking about. You may have caught um, the song in uh, Clerks. Yeah, in Clerks. Um, there is a couple of uh, of scenes where they're, they're doing a parody of it. It's funny, but, you know, again, catch the real song. Um, as far as remakes, I do want to give some love and a shout out to my favorite Chino Moreno from the Deftones. He has a side project called Crosses. And in 2014 and in 2021, he released remakes that are fucking amazing. So if you are a Deftones fan, check out Crosses if you haven't before. And thank you, Chino, for being so cool that you've given us um, some quality uh, remake because I do I do enjoy that from time to time. So thank you. Oh, yeah. And just as an artist uh, in of himself, <laughs> people should <Yeah>. go <laughs> check him out. Right? Yeah, for sure. So again, that documentary, y'all, when it comes out, we are definitely talking about it. Yeah, I think she has a lot to maybe tell us from the great beyond, as it were. And I think people are going to learn a lot. And I hope that people go check her out after listening to this episode too, because I think she really deserves that. And I hope that, I hope that she finds it. I hope that she finds yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Well, this has been a lot of fun and a really great eye-opening time. Uh, I know for me and hopefully for everybody, I just, uh, you know, gratitude as always to you talk tuners. I think one of the best things about doing this show is just connecting with people who love music and think about it in the same way that Stephanie and I do. We even occasionally get to connect with the artists we talk about on the show. And we're really honored when that happens, you know, and we don't take it for granted. We recently, yeah, very excited. Um, We recently did our MC5 episode and guitarist Wayne Kramer from the MC5 uh, reached out. He'd seen that we uh, were talking about the episode on Twitter and so that was really gratifying. And we had said, yeah, so great. So great. Uh, so great when it reaches the people that we're speaking about with such reverence. And we said, thanks for your activism, Wayne. And uh, he said, can't stop, won't stop. So, so cool <laughs> to have that kind of a feedback loop, uh, too. It just, it really, really is nice. 
And, you know, Seth, I was just thinking about the times where we've, in a past episodes, have been able to connect with the artists that make this music possible, yeah. we did our, which is incredible, right? We did our Mission of Burma episode. That's when I reached for my revolver and heard from Clint Conley, the vocalist and songwriter. So cool. Didn't expect that. It was yeah. super nice. <laughs> um, it was super nice. Uh, and that was so gratifying. And then um, also on our Sonic Youth episode, the band promoted our episode to their Instagram. So didn't oh expect gosh. that at all, right? But it was very yeah. gratifying. I feel uh, really humbled, but just makes it all worth it. So again, just wanted to say thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, letting us know if you're enjoying the show. We love hearing from you. And those reviews really help. So periodically, we will read five-star Apple Podcast reviews and Good Pod reviews here on the show. So just wanted to say we welcome those. And thank you again. Just thank you again. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's been it, – I'm just – I'm super humbled. Um, and thank you, uh, you know, just coming from me. Um, my gosh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But y'all, okay. As far as reaching out to us, you can find us on all the socials. All right. So let's do this. You can find us at Facebook, IG, and TikTok at Stephanie's Talk Tunes on Twitter at Stephanie's Talk. And of course, you can reach out to us via email at stephaniestalktunes at gmail.com. Don't forget about our store as well. We got you all hooked up. We love hearing from you. This is Stephanie Pena, and thanks for listening. And go listen to Q Lazarus. Definitely go listen to her. Stephanie Myers here. Love you, talk to you. See you in two weeks. Peace. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.